If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes. Nacen en la carretera Pero este Comenzará en tu mente ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado Para vivir Tu nueva aventura Nueva Ram 1500 Hecha para vivir Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC You're watching the polls uh, on the Joy News channel. On the day, Ghana is missing the timeline for the release of the second tranche of the $600 million IMF bailout due to the slow progress of government's external debt restructuring program, uh, which is on hold with just a few days uh, to the presentation of the 2024 budget. We explore the implications on the Ghanaian economy. Meanwhile, the Association of Ghana Industries is warning that more companies may fold up unless government reviews most of its tax policies. We'll get the latest uh, for you on the economy. Meanwhile, the finance minister approves uh, a, a 4 million cities uh, a financing arrangement to settle Kolibu's debt uh, to consumable suppliers. Uh
Health Minister is now indicating to Parliament following months of closure of the uh, outpatients department of analysis of the hospital that project that we get will get more from the Parliament more than the Parliament protection Uh, to achieve, to 
assurances. Once and joining us now is uh, Professor of Economics, uh, Dr. Uh, Professor John Gachi, who's uh, joining us uh, to analyze the implications of this uh, latest development. He's uh, joining us via Zoom now. Uh, also with us is Isaac Kofiaje, who's uh, looking uh, closely at the figures uh, for us. Um, and uh, just before I come to you, Professor Gachi, let, let's uh, do a breakdown of what's happening in terms of uh, the second tranche that we're expecting. The IMF had released a statement uh, pointing out the conditions for which it will go ahead and release the funds. And subsequently, there was a, pros- a press briefing um, together with uh, the government yeah. side. Yeah. Is it the case that we've not met all these conditions? Right. So I am looking at the IMF program document right now. And if you go to page 45 of the program, there's a table, table 9 with the head in Ghana, access and facing under the arrangement 2023 to 2026. And this is contained in the IMF program. So subject to any review that has been done anywhere, this is what we know, and this is the information that is available in the public domain. So we know that the first disbursement has hit the account of Bank of Ghana already. We are expecting uh, uh, the second disbursement. The timeline that I'm seeing here on the, in the IMF program is 1st November 2023, which is about eight days ago. And these are the conditions that we have to meet. The observance of the end June 2023 performance criteria and then also the completion of the first review. For the observance of the end June 2023 you know, criteria, we've done most of them. That's a, a, you know, a bingo for us. But what is currently the challenge is we successfully, you know, being given that, you know, tag that your first review is successful. Who can, exactly, that's where we are. And that is the last condition we need to make sure that we get a second tranche. And who can give, you know, the green light to to say that you've completed the, the first review? It is only the executive board of the IMF. And why have they delayed? They have delayed because... There's a condition, just like Stefan said, that we have to meet. And that condition is that we have to make sure we get actual, you know, financing assurances from our, you know, uh, you know external, external creditors. So we know that there's a big space for us to fill with this debt relief that we are actually trying to get. And without the, the financing assurance from our external creditors, Whatever money that the IMF will give us, they know will not be sufficient. And so they are urging us to complete or have the MOU signed with the commercial creditors, the bilateral creditors, before they go ahead to disperse that $600 million. And I just hold on, let me bring in Professor Professor Gachi uh, on this uh, issue, uh, because Prof, I recall that when the German Chancellor was here, of course, the indication we got from the uh, Germans uh, were that, uh, obviously, they were going to support um, the compact of the G20 with other African countries, and through that, we're seeking to leverage uh, and to ensure that we get some commitment, financial assurances. That will be happening, looking at the timeline, somewhere mid-November. And we have not cleared the hurdle of, you know, dealing with China, uh, which owes a greater part uh, of the uh, that we're talking about now. 
Um, so this means, that's you to take your thoughts on that. This means technically that we have missed the timeline and there's no way we can uh, get that cleared out of the way until the end of the month. True. And that is the communique. Uh, but where we are now, there seem to be uh, some kind of uh, segregation of creditors, bilateral and multilateral, uh, which are, are somehow softer than the commercial creditors. How to get the commercial creditors to get a haircut of about 40% is where the difficulty lies. German Chancellor may give assurance because whatever Germany or other uh, uh, advanced countries gave to Ghana and institutions such as IMF and the World Bank gave to Ghana can be uh, negotiated by the political force that the German Chancellor or uh, 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 actually holds. Mm. But when it comes to commercial creditors, uh, it's very difficult to do that because they invested uh, based on some indicators. And uh, if they are supposed to renege on their expectation, they must see something concrete that uh, convinced them to do so. And I'm sure they are not yet convinced. That is where we are, where we are today. Uh, and looking at implications? Well, the implication is very clear uh, that if we don't have the 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 second tranche before the end of the year, uh, it will affect a lot of activity for the last quarter for uh, the government. It may have effect on the performance of the currency. Uh, it may also have effect on the uh, the building up of uh, reserve that we are seeing. Uh, so uh, it has a dire consequence on, on, on the economy. And remember, when we have a slip in depreciation, that actually spilled a lot of uh, doom and agitation across board. So it is very, very important that we meet uh, the requirement and, uh, and and go along. And if we don't do that, uh, I, I believe uh, we have uh, ourselves to be blamed. Uh, how about alternatives now? Uh, because, uh, you know, I'm not sure it's all over for us. I'm sure that we can explore some uh, intermediary or, I mean, very short-term solutions just to cushion uh, the economy whilst we explore uh, a long-lasting, uh, you know, uh, check on the, on this effect? Well, I think uh, uh, government has been doing the best to increase domestic revenue, which is a key aspect of the program, and that is ongoing. And you cannot increase domestic revenue uh, uh, by putting policies in place to actually achieve your target within one year. Uh, it's a long haul. Uh, so that will be a continuous effort to achieve enhanced uh, domestic revenue. Uh, we have also seen uh, some multilateral uh, supporters of the economy come back. We have seen the announcement of World Bank, what they are doing to uh, focus on poverty alleviation and production. Those things are coming in some way, but we may not see the full envelope of uh, revenue or the full envelope of monies that we need to uh, governize the economy, to uh, prop up the economy the way we expect it to be. 
so that is uh, the difficulty we find ourselves uh, in. And you cannot uh, be engaging in a debt exchange program that will affect, uh, you know, the, the, the those uh, category of uh, creditors we talk about, and at the same time expecting to go to them or to for them to 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 give you another tranche of uh, uh, credit. So these are the difficulties that the the government find itself in uh, due to some. Uh, uh, the way that we have managed the affairs over time. Mm. Uh, and, and finally, what's your own projection as to uh, you know how this is likely to go? And uh, looking at what's happening now, what, what call would you want to make on the finance ministry or perhaps um, the, the president in terms of what the policy consideration should be now? Well, I think there's no need to make uh, any projection because we have passed uh, already uh, the point of expectation because all the announcements regarding external debt exchange agreement uh, were not met. All the information they gave as those information turned out not to be the reality. So we only wait as and when it comes through, then we believe. Uh, we, we, I don't think that we should be believing uh, something that is not concretized. I see. Uh, Professor Gachi, thank you uh, for spending some time with us here on The Pulse. Grateful. Uh, and, of thank course, uh, Isaac Ophiege is wrapping up uh, for us. Uh, so what's, uh, you know, the next step in terms of what the IMF is telling us now as to the only condition for which these funds will be released? Yeah, so I've been studying the, you know, staff-level approval and then also the first review document how the IMF couched, you know, the, the statements around three countries where we have Ghana and Zambia. Both countries are doing debt restructuring. There's Ivory Coast, who's also, um, you know, having an IMF program without a debt restructuring. Now, if you read the staff statement, you know, the, the review, the final statement that was released by the, the IMF, you realize that in the case of Ivory Coast, they do not condition the disbursement on any form of reaching an agreement. But if you look at Ghana and Zambia, they say we are done with the staff level review, but actual disbursement or approval will depend on your ability to actually have restructuring process with your creditors. Currently, just like you asked, Prof, what are we, what are the alternatives? Yeah. So we know that we are in November. Last year around this time, October, we had that $1.3 billion of cocoa syndicated loan hitting the account of government. But what we know is that currently there's been some sort of delay. And how, the amount we are even expecting from the cocoa syndicated loan is less. We are expecting $800 million compared to that $1.3 billion we received or last year. And we know the delay is as a result of you know, creditors not really trusting that government could pay back because... Mind you, Cocoa Board has already defaulted on Cocoa Bills, which are actually held in local currency. So if you've defaulted on loans in your local currency, how much more loans that you are actually taking in dollars or in foreign currency? So we are only hoping and praying that probably uh, the engagement going on today, tomorrow, will have the, you know, the IMF or will have the creditors giving us the assurance we need for us to unlock that additional $600 million. All right, uh, Isaac, uh, thank you so much uh, for spending some time with us and explaining uh, the uh, implications uh, for the economy. We'll keep uh, watching the space and uh, waiting on 
uh, a statement, uh, obviously, that might come through from government shortly because yeah. they are, we understand that they are closely exactly. monitoring the situation. And there's uh, and some there sort of engagement. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Mm. Well, what do we know about it? So we know that government is actually engaging creditors, and we are hoping mm. that you know, by close of maybe this month or even this week, we should have some MOU signed with the bilateral guys. The difficult aspect, just like Prof said, has been with the commercial creditors because you're asking them to forgo 30 to 40% of their principal and you're additionally also asking them to, to give you up to 5%, not more than 5% haircut on interest. But mind you, Ghana is not the only country requesting debt relief from these commercial creditors. And so other countries are watching. That's why they are very careful, because if you go ahead to give Ghana 40% haircut, other people also come also requesting for the same magnitude or a magnitude closer to that. And so they are very careful how they'll go about this whole thing. Mind, they, are also, they, are, they also know that election is also at the corner 2024. And so what if we give government all this 10.5 billion fiscal space they need now, and, 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 and things go wrong, how sure are we that they will not come back to us asking? So I'm sure they are tackling it bit by bit, making sure that they give the assurance for each fiscal year and not probably give it in a cumulative term or, you know, in, in grand total. Well, is it uh, grateful? Uh, and, of course, uh, we'll, we'll follow up and give you some uh, updates on this matter. Uh, so now uh, we talk about some more uh, issues uh, relating to health, for instance, uh, especially when it comes to the uh, renal uh, dialysis unit uh, of the Kolibu Teaching uh, Hospital. It's coming up shortly as the Minister for Health has been addressing Parliament today. I will tell you what's been happening and what's been the reaction uh, from MPs. Please stay. We'll be back. Smile, hmm? Look lively, okay? Smile, smile! Is the money too small? A bad stomach ruins your day. Don't let it. Take Gastron, your most effective antacid, for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer, heartburn, gas pain, flatulence, and indigestion. Hey guys, what are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido, sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Can you bring down that smiles more? Gastrol, effective relief from stomach discomfort, manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been approved by the. Every day, people have money emergencies. Mom, I need my school fees. Emergency. Mom, it's your money. Emergency. 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 Catch it. I'm your rent. Emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, Charlie, and enjoyment. At the top life, we got it. Dial star 770 hash for all your money emergencies in Chop Life. Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Echo Bank, the Pan African Bank. Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow. It has a working surface like this. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. Well, it falls down into spoilers. That's not true. But why? Yay! Syntax was the first to introduce double-layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty, seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Prepare for an exhilarating experience at the main fair of the 2023 EcoBank Joy News Habitat Fair. Join us at the Accra International Conference Center from Thursday, November 23rd to Sunday, November 26th, 2023. Doors will be open from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. each day to welcome you. This year, we are diving into the theme of home ownership, exploring the nuances between affordability, comfort, and luxury. Whether you're embarking on your home ownership journey or looking for upgrades, this fair is your destination for all things housing. Encounter a comprehensive assembly of stakeholders from Ghana's housing and construction sectors. Engage the experts across the spectrum of home creation and enhancement. The EcoBank Joy News Habitat Fair is in partnership with EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank, and powered by the Planned City Extension Project from Cities and Habitats. Rent to Own. And sponsored by Elegant Homes and General Constructions Limited, where quality meets value. Global Lighting, your solution to quality lighting. 
Syntex Tank, Air Strong, Air Tough, Springfield Estates, where dreams are built. Virtual Security, Complete Security Solution, DBS, Your Roof Experts, Virtual Infosec Africa, Security Solutions by Design, St. Gobain, Making the World a Better Plan, Clifton Homes, Beautiful Homes, Wise Investments, The Kissington Heights, Airport City, Kumasi, by HDG Homes Limited. Stay on the economy. Joining us now is uh, the president of the Ghana Union of Traders Association, uh, commenting now on the status of the economy. Uh, Dr. Joseph Openg is president of the group, joining us via Zoom. Thank you, sir, uh, for speaking to us today. Uh, we've just had the news about, you know, what's likely to happen. We're not making progress in terms of getting specific assurances from our, um, you know, creditors. Uh, how worrying is that to, you know, the Ghana Union of Traders Association, knowing that already uh, you say that you're reeling under the effects of the economy? Yeah. Um, definitely, as we all know, we need um, confidence by the investor community, and then we need to um, stabilize the uh, currency. And then the first tranche of the IMF deal um, supported a lot in this direction. I think um, we should be able um, to um, proceed on the same uh, um, length um, if we can be able to sustain um, the little gains that we have, have gotten. And so it is quite worrying if um, we are not um, getting to uh, this uh, through our uh, creditors, yeah. Uh, in the last few days, we've seen your members, the traders, uh, also react and protest um, over what they describe as the harsh effects of this economic meltdown on their businesses. Uh, as leadership of the group, is there anything more you haven't done yet that you plan to do? Because we've seen um, you close your shops, there's been demonstrations, you've spoken to government, um, you've also held news conferences on, on, on you know, how the economy uh, appears to be ailing, as, as we see it to be. What, what more do you intend to do about this? Yeah, um, we are businessmen. The worst that comes away is to uh, pass on the cost uh, to the consuming public. And that's whatever thing that we do, and the agitations that we make, normally we do not do it because we want to enrich ourselves or to maximize our profit. But it's because we are also consumers of other products and that we also feel the heat. The same way our customers also feel the heat when they buy our goods. And, and uh, the other thing is that you can also not keep on piling the cost to the consuming public knowing that um, the consuming and uh, the purchasing power have gone down through the inflation. So when that happens, you cannot turn over, and it also worries you. So then we still have to go and engage with government, and we still push um, the agenda forward for government to pull down on the taxes. Mm. And we have done that uh, perfectly. And we are expecting that government uh, responds positively to this uh, request. And that 
government do not even have any option. But they should do that because um, it will help the larger economy. Now, we, we say that thanks to GDP in the uh, sub-region, we ours is the least. It's because um, we pay the highest um, uh, taxes and, and, um, and numerous taxes here. As against the affordable taxes being paid by our uh, contemporaries, uh, because then uh, compliance is assured. Tax, as we talk about, is about compliance. And so we have been engaging government. We've gotten the opportunity to talk with the finance ministry, um, and we've made it clear that they should put the taxes so that businesses can um, um, have some respite to grow. Because such a transition. High cost of doing business um, um, uh, impedes on growth of businesses. How the government itself understand? That's why they say that um, um, we have to move from transition to uh, production. And so it is very important mm. um, um, going forward the 2024 budget. They listen to all the pleas that. We've given. Yeah, I was just about I was just about going there uh, because uh, that budget statement will be uh, laid on the floor of the house in a, in a cu- uh, couple of days away from now. Uh, w- what's your expectation on you know s- some of the reforms you would want to see uh, last year uh, or uh, you know earlier this year that that you know uh, back and forth emerged in the media space? We saw you uh, having some you know key policy differences with with the Minister of, of Finance on what should be done. After the rounds of engagements, are you confident that you know the new um, proposals that you you've tabled will be will be will be you know enforced by government? Yeah, when they were engaging with the IMF, they took decisions and they never engaged with this, and that was very worrying. That's why they imposed those three obnoxious stances on us. Now the government itself have sat down with this, and we've enumerated um, uh, all our problems to them. And we are very certain that they are going to throw down on the taxes because they don't have any option. Because uh, that's the only way that will resurrect the dying uh, businesses. And so uh, we are very positive that this time round um, they will listen and then uh, take off some uh, uh, taxes like the COVID levy. Uh, uh, There's a one that came uh, uh, to help solve a problem, and the problem is no more there. So it's illegitimate to perpetuate it on us. That also, uh, the special import levy of 2% that was brought by the previous administration that after the sunset, they will take it off. It will become a tax in perpetuity. Um, we have to approve down all these taxes so that um, businesses can actually survive in this country. And so um, the VAT asset is structured now until... Um, 2021, we are paying for that. Mm. Uh, well, Doc, we, we seem to be... Uh, 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 and that until uh, year 2021, we are paying the flat rate. Yes, yes, go ahead, Doc. It's a, a short compliance. But at the 12 now, hello? Yes, Doc, j- just go ahead. We, we can hear yeah, you now. At the 12 now, 
the tax act is structured now. We uh, is, is three forms: the standard rate of 22 percent, the flat rate of 4 percent, and by virtue of the threshold of 200,000, there are some people who are also not captured into uh, the tax payment. So it's creating a lot of problems in the marketplaces. That's why you see us fighting with the GRA when they want to come and do invigilation because it's it's not practical. Apologies there. It appears that we're having some, uh, you know, serious uh, challenges with the connection to Dr. Joseph Obing, who uh, has shared, you know, some points about uh, what government should consider in terms of uh, moving the economy forward. I will definitely keep watching the space and bring you uh, some updates. But we take you to Parliament now uh, because the Lands and Forestry uh, Committee, as well as the Mines and Energy Committees, have been tasked by the House to look into the salt mining contract awarded to Electrochem Ghana Limited and advised the House uh, on the possibility of allowing the local pe- people mine alongside uh, the company. A shooting incident in, in the Greater Accra region left one person dead and several others injured. The incident is reportedly uh, rooted in the feud between Electrochem Ghana Limited and residents of Ada, MP for Sergei Christian uh, Clotte, uh, who delivered a statement on the floor of the House about the incident, asked Parliament to investigate the disturbances and also push uh, to allow the indigents of Ada to benefit from the natural resources in their land. It is extremely alarming that these hardworking individuals who are simply trying to make a living have, been, have become targets of violence. 
Mr. Speaker, the reports I received indicated that the residents were in their designated salt mining sites and long had sources of livelihood since 1960. And all of a sudden, a team of young men from Electrochem Company and a police patrol team appear at the scene and try to seize their working tools, which resulted into firing of gun shots, killing one of them. The salt winners play vital roles in our local economy and should not have to live in fear while carrying out their work. Mr. Speaker, I further call upon the House to refer this unfortunate incident to the Defense and Interior Committee to prove these endless brutalities and make its finding known to the House. It is essential that we create an environment where every citizen can feel safe and secure. For her parts, the MP for Adra Comfort, Doyo Okujo, who, uh, cons- uh, whose constituency also affected uh, by the violence, made a passionate appeal to the owner of Electrochem, uh, that's uh, Daniel Macaulay, po- popularly known as uh, Magdan, to allow indigents to mine the salt alongside his company. He has been allocated a place, uh, he's allocated somewhere to work there. Mr. Speaker, we can say we don't want investors, but my my view is when you go to uh, Ashanti region and there is land for gold, we also have that sort as white gold. And in the Ashanti region, they didn't give the whole allocation to Ashanti gold. There was space for the other people to do galamsege. Mr. Speaker, Soma Lagoon, even our Galanzel does not pollute water. They should give a space for some of the indigenous so that they can also work to bring peace. Madan can also work. The indigenous too to, to work. And the first uh, Deputy Speaker of Parliament, Joseph Jose, was directed to uh, committees of the House to look into the salt mining contract awarded uh, to Electrochem and uh, whether it will be viable to renegotiate and allow locals to also mine. Uh, he also ordered Interior Minister Andrew Sterry to brief the House on the violence that claimed uh, the life uh, of one person in the community. But I think the more critical issue is what is being raised by the honourable member for Adan. Um, the natural resource is supposed to be for the state. But here are indigents living by this natural resource, feeding on it. Yes, it belongs to the state. But the state says, I'm giving it to somebody else without regards to these other indigents. That's where I've been looking at the Constitution, how we can look at. I'll direct the Minister for Interior to brief the House about the incident, how violence came to be perpetrated and that, who shot into the crowd, whether the police or the security of the private company. The Minister of Interior should brief the House on that one. After that brief, if there's a need for the Committee of Defense and Interior to look further, we will give the appropriate directions. But 
I suggest that, you know, whether it lands in natural resources and mines and energy, to look at the whole leasehold agreement again and investigate and advise the House whether it is practicable to renegotiate and leave out some portion for the indigents. And whether if that is done, whether that will affect the viability of the of the business or not, if not, advice. Oh, joining us on phone now is Benatete, Chief Operating Officer of uh, Electrochem. Uh, thank you, sir for your time here on the poll. So let's get to it. Uh, Parliament considering, you know, a, a joint committee meeting on what happened uh, within the uh, community uh, near your property. Uh, and also the suggestion and, and the move by some of the MPs is that uh, you cede away a portion of your uh, leased uh, property to allow indigents to also carry out their mining activity. Is that something you would welcome? Uh, Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Electrochem on, you know, the calls already going um, uh, on uh, within the house. Yes, so um, thank you for the opportunity. Um, so I, I think I would like to state that as a company, um, we, we, we favor the communities as well in everything that we do. So as a company, we have an internal policy where every community that's around and the places where we have our prisons, we create a community crystallizing plants also for them. So as wherever we create our commercial plants to produce so we create some for the community. And even as we speak now, there are about three or four communities that are already benefiting from this from this community area. And so the the idea um, that is being um, sent out as this um, um, electric industry take everything for itself and not get anything to the community. Uh, I believe that is that is so important. Yes, we have started the community in everything we do so that as we, we, we are producing ourselves, they also have a chance to work. Unfortunately, the incident that didn't happen, uh, the area where the issue happened is an area where we were doing construction work mm-hmm. that would benefit both us and also the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the area is a place where we've already created about 10 crystallizing plants. Each plant has a, a size of about 5 to 10 acres. And when we're, we're, we're clearing the place so that we create the reservoirs to put in brine, that we can feed their community plants all the way. Uh-huh. So it's, it's an area to impact the community in everything we do. In everything we do. So we do not um, 
and, and, and we do not go right yet that their concession should be renegotiated. Everything is going on well for our operations, and I think a responsible mining company to be affected in the community and in whatever. Uh, are you willing to appear before Parliament to, you know, supply any additional information just to clear the air on this matter? Yes, yeah, I, I believe my management will, will sit and then and then, and then, and then make, make, make a decision and make a decision. And, and then I think uh, we also have to state, I also have to state that uh, the, the, the activities that, as a company, we are against are those who are mining illegally in the concession. Right. Um, and just like it's typical for any, any mining concession, gold, gold mining concession that I've given, um, there are standard ways of operation for, for the way every mine should, should operate. And for a sword mine as ours, as ours, we also have ours as well. And, and I mean, the concession belongs to the government. And so it legally gives it to any company that it needs to, to manage. And for us, we've been given that 15 years. Mm. Um, we have partners in the community, in our patients, so that they can also mine legally within our concession. And there are plans for that that are underway. Um, if, if you look at the Minerals, minerals um, Act, the source has been classified as a mineral. It's just like gold or bauxite or any other mineral. It falls under the government, then it can't give any company. But then our, 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 our issue is that if anybody wants to mine within the concession, mm. we are open to an agreement. Uh, come, let's, let's find out how we can do so legally within the boundaries of the law. And we have made arrangements for that. And so what, what we are against are those who are mining inside the lagoon itself, which is even against another person. Uh, those who are mining or who are putting sapoli materials in the areas where uh, the design are supposed to undergo construction work for proper you know, to be to be to be produced in ways where both we as a company and also they as a community can all benefit benefit from. But as a company, we, we embrace the community, uh -huh. and if, if you come around and you do that, you find that there are a number of people who. Um, um, asking support for what we are doing for them because they understand what we're doing. Uh -huh. So I think as a company, we, we, we are planning to intensify our engagement. We have been doing that, but we're trying to intensify that together with all the other stakeholders, Minerals Commission and all the other state agencies. They have been coming around uh, to assist us in this. I think um, we, we, we would intensify that so that they all buy into the idea and get to understand that we are not here to take their lives away from them. Mm. Uh -huh. But we are here um, legally, and although we are here legally, we do not want to enjoy the benefits alone, but then we have them in our policy. Uh -huh. They are a part of what we do here. So okay. we intend to find that in this, uh -huh. as, as we Okay, grateful. Uh, Bernard Tete is Chief Operating Officer for uh, Electrocom. The Nature and Development uh, Foundation is uh, leading another round of uh, civil action targeted at getting government to repeal uh, the Environmental Protection Mining and uh, Forest Reserves Regulation, LI-2462, which allows um, unfettered access into Ghana's forest reserves. The group today held a dialogue uh, based on a legal opinion, uh, which is... Uh,
pointing out some major gaps in this very law which environmentalists are suggesting could uh, be detrimental to the protection of Ghana's forest uh, reserves. Uh, well, we'll be speaking to 2023 PAV and analyst of the year, Rasta Saridonko, who was at this uh, very forum. Uh, but just before we get into that, just listen to lawyer Clement uh, Akapame, who from the um, Taylor uh, Crab uh, Initiative, point out some of the uh, concerns that um, the group has with this very airline. This law uh, was passed on the blind side of everybody. But w what do you see wrong with this particular law, legal? Well, um, from the stakeholders that we've interacted with, um, those who um, ordinarily work in this sector, they appeared they had very little or no knowledge about, about the processes leading to the passage of this regulation. Um, what this regulation sets out to do is, is very interesting. I mean, to permit mining in forest reserves. I mean, clearly, forest reserves are designated areas where we have put aside and clearly one of the activities you cannot do there is mining. So the main thing I see is that it's a law that goes against, I mean, the primary principles of setting up forest reserves. So that if we do not want to have these forest reserves as forest reserves any longer, then we should go through the right processes to degazette it. Otherwise, you see the confusion in the law. Who is regulating it? Is it the EPA that regulates it? Is it the Minerals Commission that regulates this activity or the Forestry Commission? But the law is clear on the mandates of all these institutions. The Forestry Commission has been given mandate under the Forestry Commission Act to regulate and protect the forest. So if you are now allowing mining in the forest reserve, it comes against the mandate of the Forestry Commission. But if it is no longer a forest reserve, then the, then, then the Forestry Commission is not conflicted. So we need to be clear on what we want. If we want to keep these areas as forest reserves, then we should. If we don't, let's follow the, the right process and, and not, because the law actually is bringing a lot more confusion and it will make the, the situation that we're having right now with illegal mining and all sorts of things happening in the mining sector worse if we don't, if we don't take steps to... to, to you have described as incongruous yes. and other things, in fact in three thematic areas. Tell me, what is wrong with this law? Clearly, it is a law to protect the environment, but it's a law to mine in forest reserve. It, it doesn't add up. So, if it's a law to protect the environment when it comes to mining in forest reserves, this law should have actually been the law that prevents and puts restrictions and makes it extremely difficult to even get permission to go close to any forest reserve. But that's not the case here. It looks like it has it is, now become a permitted activity and because it's a permitted activity, then let's have um, regulations to do it and set up committees to regulate it. That's the key thing I have. And whether or not this law should even be led by the, by the EPA. And finally, whether using a legislative instrument for a very sensitive issue like this is the way to go. This should have been done by an act of parliament so that we have our members of parliament debate this. And then when they agree... But they pass it, but not through legislative instruments, where the passage is less um, rigorous as opposed to passing a bill into an act of parliament. So these are my issues. And also the, the penalty regime, the offences. 
the penalties are very weak compared to what we have in existing law. So what are we trying to achieve? So we need to look at all these things. And these are the, the preliminary comments we have on on the on the ally as as has passed. Yeah. Do you sense something fishy as if it is to serve the interest of somebody? So it's actually not about sensing something fishy. It's, it appears that there is a certain um, activity of mining already going on in our forest reserves and maybe in an attempt to find a way of regularizing it, this law is passed. But that is not the way to go. I'm saying that the questing of setting aside a forest estate as a forest reserve is a very important issue. We didn't just create these forest reserves. A certain process was gone through and was put aside for certain purposes. We are now talking about climate change. We are talking about our um, commitments under the, the NDCs. We've done all these things and now we are allowing mining in all our forest reserves. It cannot be possible. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Rastas Azari Donko is joining us in the studio. Uh, it's been a long day for Rastas uh, because he's been at this uh, stakeholder dialogue uh, on this very law that we're talking about. And congratulations once more, uh, Rastas, uh, for, of course, uh, the hard work you've done, well-deserved, and, of course, we must commend you for this. But you're keeping up the fight, and that's what I like about this. Now, looking at some of the aspects of our legal regime and the laws that are touching the, uh, you know, fight against illegal mining. Let's start off with this very law that, you know, civil society and even you, I believe, have some concerns with. What's this very law that we're referring to? So, um, it's the LI 2462. Um, It's supposed to protect uh, our forest reserves. And so, somehow, um, it's supposed to be a better option than the environmental guidelines we used to have uh, previously. But if you look critically, just like the lawyer is saying at, the, at this particular regulation, you find out um, it has lesser punishment when it comes to violation of environmental laws and other things if you go into the forest to commit any crime as compared to existing uh, laws that we do have. And it is also opening up even protected forests for mining. So, for example, it says in there that um, in the interest of the public, the president can even de-gazette some of the protected forests, GSB areas, really? globally significant biodiversity areas for mining that's in the interest an, of the public. You know, a very enormous power to give. Yeah, to and so that's what he talks about, that it, it, it defeats the purpose of protecting. If you're protecting something, then you are calling in for stiffer sanctions, even for people who are trying to get into... Uh, protected forest and even production and, and forest. And just for clarity, is this replacing all other forms of, you know, um, the regulatory regimes that we have in the past, or it's supposed to complement what's already there? Again, that is what the lawyer, I'm not the lawyer, but that's <laughs> yeah, what the yeah, lawyer the seeks to uh, talk about, mm-hmm. that that is the contradiction mm-hmm. that he finds, because then we have other existing uh, legislations that deal with certain things in there. So there was no no need at all for this yeah. uh, to come in. So it looks like um, mining is happening already, which of course is happening. Uh, many of the forest reserves have been given out uh, for mining. Um, yesterday I got some videos and pictures from um, the Sefi area, right. uh, between Sefi Debiso and another town in that area, the Kukuswa uh, Forest Reserve, right. which of course people have invaded 
and now destroying. So uh, before the airline was even set up, yes. um, records indicate that there were only three mining operations in production for us reserves. Three. Yes. Now, after since November 2022, <laughs> you know, when the law came yeah. into effect, eight new mining licenses have been granted to mine in forest reserves, including globally significant biodiversity areas. These are protected areas where you find rare tree species that you cannot find anywhere, and they are supposed to be protected. Now, they've all been given out for mining. And uh, we have Draw River Forest Reserve and GSBA, which has been given out to Betterland Ghana Limited, covering as much as over 84% of the forest itself. We have New South Forest Reserve and GSBA uh, is being given to Capsule Mining Limited, covering 18% of that particular forest. Boyne Tunnel in Samraboy uh, Forest Reserve and GSBA, which has been given to Unipa Mining Company Limited. So eight of them, and we don't know. Uh, maybe even Kakum National Park will come up for uh, mining. Which means that technically the law gives you know, the part to an individual mm. to decide as in when you could go into a forest reserve. Exactly. And before, all these areas were protected. All GSBA areas were Simply protected. Out. Simply out, out of. And even you had the last minister talk about it right. uh, previously that forest reserves are no-go areas. Uh, they are red zones. But now, the law that is supposed to protect, further protect the forest, is now opening up. Even the protected forest for mining, which spells a doom for all of us uh, going into the future. Erastus, the question about possibly a review or repealing everything that we, you know, we've put up in this piece of legislation. What was it looking like that you know CSO uh, appeals more to? You know, is it the case that they feel well? Let's just take this off the books, go back to the drawing board, and bring something completely new. Instead of, you know, just, uh, just trying to fix what we have now. Mm. So that's what CSOs have been talking about. And for, uh, for example, this particular stakeholder engagement talked about that. Um, why don't we call for a repeal of this law? Because it's in bad taste. If you look at it compared to those who really want to protect the forest. If we really want to protect our forest reserves, then we have to repeal this law or amend it. Because as we, sp- we speak with them, they... they, they they say that the danger is that if this law exists in future, somebody could go and amend it and say, including, say, national parks. And who knows? It will be given out for mining. And currently, even as we speak, we are finding illegal miners penetrating many of these forest reserves already, even before they are given out. Uh, you go to uh, Tano Nimre. Now, if you see the extent of devastation, we came from there about three months ago, you see the devastation. After Akonta mining entered, more illegal miners have entered. Now the, uh, 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 the Samatex company, which relies and manages this forest reserve for centuries, is now spending its entire money trying to fight illegal miners in the forest. You go to Kokusua Forest Reserve, as I've told you, illegal miners have entered. Even at Tiwa Forest, we went there and we, you saw that illegal miners have encroached a, po- a portion of it and are already mining into it. So it shows uh, clearly that we are not adding um, um, importance or agency to saving these natural resources.
and and just to you know wrap up on this conversation because I believe the dialogue is not over. You would uh, definitely be monitoring some of the conversations going on. But what's the overall picture in terms of you know uh, what is likely to happen? You know, if we allow this law to to remain on our books, uh, what's the potential danger here? So we're going to mine all our forest reserves. If you look at this one, <laughs> the Draw River Forest Reserve, yeah, time. the Draw River Forest Reserve and GSBA, and um, here it is ML two slash two three six, given to Better Land Ghana Limited, covering as much as eighty four percent of the forest. So the entire forest will be gone, and that is what is going to happen to all our forest reserves. It means that even... Uh, and someone is sitting at home saying, well, that's speculation. Uh, no, this is not speculation. It's, it's on the we website. All, it will not be given to all. <laughs> this <laughs> is know, on the website of right. the um, uh, Forestry Commission. Right. So it's there. It's, it's, it's not something that we're making up. Yeah. All these things are there. 84. Uh, yeah, 84%. And so I, I think that we should be very careful the way we are treading. Already, if you look at the Pamprama Forest Reserve... It's almost gone. And people go in with prospecting licenses under the guise of prospecting for gold, which you don't even, the law does not allow you to use heavy equipment, but you find people using excavators to dig and mine the entire forest. So we are destroying all our natural resources, even the water source that are within this forest. And mind you, what we have seen as a trend is that whenever you go to the forest and they are mining, they believe, they mine blindly, and they believe that the, the mineral deposit sits within the wet areas. And so they destroy the water source within the forest itself, the very lifeblood of the forest. And I think we should take uh, extra caution the way we are treading. Erastus, uh, thank you for joining this conversation. Uh, in fact, uh, you, we need, uh, all need to join hands with Erastus and, and, and just to sustain uh, this fight against illegal mining. Uh, and uh, also we are uh, of course, looking at a possible review of that law uh, or LI which has been uh, passed. Uh, you're watching the Pulse on the Joint News Channel. When we get back, the Health Minister is appearing in Parliament today, answering questions on the renal dialysis unit of the Kolebu Teaching Hospital. We'll tell you what he's been talking about when he arrived uh, in Parliament today. It's incredible! Bang on target! 
2023 EcoBank Joy News Habitat Fair is more than an exhibition. It's the gateway to your dream home. Don't miss this chance to make informed decisions about every aspect of your living space. Join us at the Accra International Conference Center from Thursday, November 23rd to Sunday, November 26th, 2023. This year, we are diving into the theme of home ownership, exploring the nuances between affordability, comfort, and luxury. We are bringing everything housing under one roof just for you. See you there. The Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair is in partnership with Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank, and powered by the Plant City Extension Project from Cities and Habitats, Rent to Own, and sponsored by Elegant Homes and General Constructions Limited, where quality meets value. Global Lighting, your solution to quality lighting. Syntex Tank, Air Strong, Air Tough, Springfield Estates, where dreams are built. Virtual Security, Complete Security Solution, DBS, your roof experts, Virtual InfoSec Africa, Security Solutions by Design, St. Gobain, Making the World a Better Plan, Clifton Homes, Beautiful Homes, Wise Investments, The Kissington Heights, Airport City, Kumasi, by HDG Homes Limited. Introducing the Kensington Heights at Airport City Kumasi, the largest modern smart city in West Africa. The Kensington Heights is your bridge to the skies where you can access direct flights to international destinations, including the USA, UK and Europe. Imagine a world where convenience, comfort and investment opportunities converge seamlessly. The Kensington Heights offers an incredible opportunity for families, investors and businesses worldwide. Enjoy spacious and beautifully designed luxury suites, executive suites, one-bedroom apartments, and two- and three-bedroom penthouses, complete with world-class amenities and easy access to the new Kumasi International Airport. All units are on sale now, starting at $69,950. Be a part of the future of Kumasi and reserve your property today. For more information, visit our website www.thekensingtingheights.com or www.airportcitycook. This November, we've got a special gift for you. Okay. Whenever you're ready, we're treating all GoTV Super customers to the best of GoTV Super Plus. Enjoy non-stop Premier League action on a dedicated Super Sport channel. Delight the kids with the biggest tin icons on Disney Channel. Get starstruck with international movies and series on Studio Universal and Universal TV. Damn. And sample the best local shows on Africa Magic Showcase. So get ready to level up your entertainment with over 70 mind-blown channels as we give you the go from Super to Super Plus all November long. Go TV. Love it. My name is Joel Nete, and I bring you greetings from the Old Achimotan Association, of which I'm the president. I'm inviting you to Achimoto Speaks, which is a platform created by the Old Achimotan Association, but indeed a platform where all Ghanaians living everywhere can have a conversation around the most critical things that matter to us as a people. The next Achimoto Speaks event, which holds on Thursday, the 16th of November, 
at the British Council Hall. It's under the theme, Ghana, a country in crisis, defining a new economic direction. Our keynote speaker is Professor Yaonyaku of the New York University. Professor Nyako is a distinguished economist and brings to this conversation both an international and, of course, locally relevant perspective. On the panel with him will be Pishigulana Alasanandani, the former CEO of Stambik Bank. We also have Mr. Kofifin of Petro Trust, and we also have Mr. Frank Edu, a former CEO of Cowbank. This conversation will be moderated by Accra Belamundi, and we are poised to have a very serious conversation, not just about our past and indeed not about our current situation as a country, but maybe even more importantly, where we need to be going into the future if we want to change our fortunes. Like I said, this is a platform that invites all Ghanaians who care about Ghana. So regardless of what school you went to, regardless of where you are in the economy, please come, let's have this conversation. It's at the British Council Hall on Thursday, the 16th of November and it starts at 6 p.m. sharp. So please come at 5 o'clock, come meet, come greet, come network and let's start this conversation at 6 p.m. sharp. I look forward to seeing you there. Welcome back. The Vice President, Dr. Mahmoud Obama, has called for a closer diplomatic relations between Ghana and Czech Republic to boost trade and help create jobs in the public and private sector of both countries. Receiving uh, the highest foreign uh, leader at uh, the uh, Jubilee House since his election as flag bearer of the governing New Patriotic Party, Dr. Mahmoud Obama also made a strong case for why the landlocked Central European country should invest in Ghana's defense and security architecture. Latif Idris uh, was there and comes through with this report. In an opening statement ahead of the bilateral talks and press briefing here at the Jubilee House, Vice President Dr. Mahamudu Baumia urged his Czech counterpart to consider closer trade relations with Ghana. He also made the case for why Czech Republic should be interested in fortifying Ghana's security architecture to boost trade and businesses within the West African nation. What we have been seeing increasingly, even though uh, it's small steps, the trade relationship also is improving uh, between our two countries. And we want to see more in that direction uh, so that the private sector can, can, can be benefit from this increasing relation that we are seeing between Ghana and the Czech Republic. Um, we just want to, to emphasize that Ghana is a good place to do business. We are the most peaceful country in West Africa. We are the second most peaceful country in Africa. Mm. Uh, and so it's very, very important 
for anybody interested in Africa to consider Ghana as really the place for doing business. Uh, and, and, and that peace comes with security. And so we are very, very interested in making sure that we have the security to preserve the peace. And I think that our cooperation with the Czech Republic in the security area is also something that we are very, very keen on. The visiting Czech Republic Prime Minister Peter Fiala concurred with the Vice President on the need for closer trade relations. He even wants more. We should, we should do more. Absolutely. And um, I am accompanied with, by um, a trade delegation, very strong trade delegation. There are companies from different fields like agriculture, healthcare, security and defense. Um, I took a part at uh, uh, Ghana Czech uh, Business Forum. And uh, I think there are really uh, new possibilities for our cooperation, uh, not only in business, but also at the political, uh, political level. Um, last year visited uh, your country my uh, first deputy, Minister of Interior uh, Vitra Kushan, and it shows also that we, start, we, are, we start new chapter in, in. As host of the Secretariat of the African Continental Free Trade Area, Vice President Dr. Mahmoudou Baumia capitalized on that and called on the Czechs and the larger European Union to invest in Ghana for easy access to the African market. So uh, we, uh, as you know, are the host, the secretariat of the African Continental Free Trade Area Agreement, an agreement that has established the largest um, trade area in the world, the largest in the world, 55 countries, 1.3 billion people, uh, and a GDP of 3.4 trillion US dollars. So if you want to invest in Africa, I think the mantra is to come to Ghana and, st and, and then Ghana will be your gateway into the rest of Africa. So I want to encourage the business delegation that, Ghana, that they should come in and invest in Ghana and they will have access to a broader African market. Czech Republic exports to Ghana hit some $22.4 million in 2022, according to the United Nations database. It remains to be seen how this historic visit by Peter Fiala will change the course of relations between both countries going forward. Latif Idris, Joy News, the Jubilee House, Accra, Ghana. And back in the studio, the Ghana Journalists Association is this afternoon serving notice that the association would not shield journalists to engage in unprofessional act ahead of the 2024 general elections as the association, in collaboration with the U.S. Embassy, is launching a project that journalists for peaceful discourse uh, to train journalists on elections reporting. Ladies and gentlemen, the Journalists for Peaceful Discourse is a 12-month project that provides the opportunity to uphold the tenet of press freedom 
and freedom of expression while promoting professionalism and empowering the media and related entities to contribute to violence-free and credible polls next year. It is also an opportunity to exchange knowledge and foster an environment conducive to discussions on safeguarding freedom of speech and building strong electoral and democratic institutions. Ladies and gentlemen, the objective of this year, of this endeavor, is to safeguard the freedom of the press while advancing credible and violence-free elections via peaceful media platforms before, during, and after the 2024 presidential and parliamentary election. As we all know, participation is the foundation of a credible election, and participation necessitates that individuals are free to express themselves without fear of intimidation and make well-informed decisions. Freedom of expression does not only mean allowing people to speak, but also ensuring responsibility. Indeed, findings of a GJNMC media monitoring during the December 7, 2020 elections aimed at contributing to peaceful and credible polls revealed that incitement on media, on media platforms topped types of violence perpetrated during the election. This is the reason why I keep admonishing media practitioners and institutions to be very professional in the discharge of their duties. I want to reiterate that the GJ does not and will not condone unprofessional conduct. We will not shield or provide cover for deviance of professionalism. As mentioned in my address at the 27 GJ Awards, in the coming days or weeks, we shall rule out a monitoring mechanism based on which we shall call out media practitioners and institutions that lower the bar of professionalism. And uh, on the part of the U.S. Uh, Embassy, uh, who are the implement, implementing partners of this project, uh, the press, press attaché uh, in Ghana, uh, Kevin uh, Brosanen, underscored uh, the importance of skilled journalists in peaceful elections as he pledged the support of the U.S. Embassy for training uh, journalists. Press freedom is critically important to ensuring that Ghana's democracy is accountable to its people. Journalists, as you know, have an important role to play in reporting on corruption, human rights, governance, and peace and security. In the past few years, several countries in the region have experienced coups and other forms of democratic backsliding. Even in Ghana, we saw attacks on journalists and their reporting just last month at UTV and City News. Well-trained, well-prepared, and well-protected reporters are never more important than when a country holds elections. Elections always challenge democratic institutions, but resilient democratic institutions rise to that challenge. The U.S. Embassy and the GJA are long-term partners. We've worked together for many years to defend press freedom and to provide resources and training for Ghana's journalists. And this next year will be no different. We'll support GGA's regional training for journalists to improve their fact-based reporting on elections 
help fight election myths and disinformation and support high quality public information related to the elections. You, as journalists, are an essential connection between important information and the public. You can use your voice to empower people to vote based on their informed individual opinions. You can ensure voters have full fact-based information to make their ultimate choice. You can ensure voters have complete information on how to register and ultimately vote in free and fair elections. Only free, professional, and responsible journalists can do that. And uh, it's been almost uh, two years since uh, 18-year-old uh, Gottfried Adu uh, stepped foot in the classroom. A severe pain in his waist is impeding his mobility. This is because uh, his two limbs are wearing out as a result of a sickle cell condition. Gottfried currently moves about uh, bended over his knees at 90 degrees. He does this with uh, both hands clutched to his two knees uh, like an aged man. His father uh, said a total of some 100,000 Ghana cities is needed uh, for his son to undergo surgery. MFR Atiamwa early visited Godfred in the central region and now reports. Far away in the heart of Isioko, a hamlet in the Isikuma Odobim Brakwa district of the central region, Godfred is seated on a wooden bench in front of his father's hut. His yellowish eyes are evidence of the anguish his body is enduring. In the same eyes, I see an anxiety for him to be relieved of the excruciating pain which has held him bound and far from his dreams of an enthusiastic teenager who just wants to be in school with his peers. I'm Godfrey. I'm 18 years old. I'm sick. I can't walk. How better could I tell his story if I don't appreciate his pain? So, with great difficulty, Godfrey struggles to get off the bench on which we sat together to demonstrate how he moves about. Firmly holding onto his two knees with both hands to support his posture, he manages a few steps to reach the drying line to pick up some clothes into the room. But when and how did he get here? I'm in school and I get some pains in my waist. And I, I call my father to come and take me from school to hospital. And I, 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 I come home and I can't walk again. His father, Joseph Edu, a farmer, told me Godfred was diagnosed of sickle cell after seeing the doctor two years ago. Both hips are wearing out and cannot support him to stand straight as before. He keeps bending over as a result. Mr. Edu said, Godfrey's condition is worsening by the day because of the family's inability to raise 100,000 Ghana cities for him to undergo surgery. They transfer us to Ophodia to make surgery. So when we went there, the cost is very high. So we can't do the surgery. So unless uh, the people help us to do this, the surgery. How much is the cost of the surgery? What did the hospital tell you? Uh, the doctor said uh, 
they will do both sides size the waste both sides so one side is 500 million so both sides is one billion godfred was informed too at ejimaku mandu shs when he fell sick he wants to become a medical doctor in future they should help me to get money to help to do surgery to help myself to work he currently lives on a prayer for that intervention to enable him undergo the life-saving surgery for joy news it's your call Health Minister Kweko Ejimamenu has told uh, Parliament uh, approval has been given by Finance Minister Keno Ferreira to pay 4 million cities to the Kolebu Teaching Hospital to clear debt ordered uh, suppliers of consumables. The outpatients department of the renal unit uh, was closed for months with 19 renal patients uh, dying during the period. The hospital refused to comply with uh, the order to open uh, the unit for almost a week due to a debt crisis. According to Kukajima Maino, the debt is set to be settled to allow the hospital to operate without a challenge. Kukajima Maino also uh, informed MPs government is backing Kolebu Teaching Hospital to renegotiate its contract with a South African uh, firm, uh, which has a monopoly over the supplies. Kolebu has accrued a total debt of a little over four million uh, Ghana cities to its partner. Furthermore, it remains a fact that the current charge of 380 cities for dialysis is insufficient to enable the RDU generate enough revenue to fulfill its full obligations under the contract with FMC, especially as it does not have a hedged exchange rate per annum regime. This has compromised the ability of the RDU to raise the funds required to pay for consumer votes procured from FMC promptly. So speak again, due to the high incidence of patients requiring dialysis, the total cost of care keeps rising, adding to the accumulation of debt. So speaker, it must be noted that current patients, currently, patients on dialysis are not on the National Health Insurance Scheme. So speaker, the Kulebu Teaching Hospital, in consultation with the Minister of Health, has initiated discussions with FMC for review of the current contract for more flexible payment options and the more structured supply of consumables to avoid excessive delays and to ensure delivery of the outstanding 45 dialysis machines and auxiliary equipment to boost the service being rendered. So, Speaker, in the meantime, the RDU has been opened to the public since Monday, 6 November 2023, to add patients as directed by the Ministry. The MOH has since made a request to the Ministry of Finance to settle the total indebtedness of the 4 million Ghana cities. And the good news now is that the Minister for Finance has just approved the disbursement of this 4 million to support our patients in Kolebu. Uh, well, uh, on the minority side, uh, the Honourable Muntika Mubarak has been reacting to the issue about the dialysis crisis in the country. The problem at Kolebu Teaching Hospital, I see it as leadership failure 
I see it as government not being responsible for the health of the people of this country. Mr. Speaker, all I'm saying is that there's no priority for the health of the people of this country. Mr. Speaker, go through the statement. Apart from what the minister is proposing now in terms of policy, we haven't seen government intervention in this instance, apart from what FMC that has donated dialysis machines to Kolebu and the Fair Sky Group that has taken it up to offer free um, services for renal patients. Before now, I don't see or the minister has not demonstrated or shown us what government has done so far until now. We cannot have a situation where the whole government comes in only when there's crisis. If you take, for example, the fees and charges that we gave, 380, yes, over the period, there may be some challenges, uh, what we call exchange rate difficulties, but Confanoche is operating with the same 380, and they've not closed the unit. Yes, I will agree, Confanoche has, I think, about 10 machines, but largely you go and you have between 2 to 8 that are working at a time, but Confanoche is operating with that. If you go to Brekum, where you have the Catholic Hospital, even though this house gave a fee of charges of 380, Mr. Speaker, they are charging 350. They are charging 350 and they are able to operate. Now, when you go to the private facilities in Kumasi, we have about four. The one that I remember very well is uh, what you call KNUSC Teaching Hospital, and then is it God is Love, another uh, private facility. Mr. Speaker, they are charging 500. Remember those who are charging for vendors who are private facilities, they pay their nurses, they pay their specialists, they buy their consumables, they do all that, and they charge 500 as private facilities. Now you come to Kalebu, where it is the state that is paying for the specialists, the state that is uh, uh, having the, uh, what you call the infrastructure, and all the nurses and all of that, they are making us believe that the only way Kalebu units can operate is to charge up to about 900. Mr. Speaker, I'm happy the minister himself acknowledged that that contract with FMC needs to, they are, they are looking at it. That is where the problem of Kalabu starts. And there's been calls for NHIS uh, to uh, as absorb the treatment cost for kidney issues, but the financial issues uh, of the scheme have come up uh, as uh, NPP MP and also uh, former uh, health minister has been speaking against uh, government's uh, capping of the NHIS funds. The kidney failure, the liver failures, even some diseases, every country controls its own destiny, so to speak. So let's have a national conversation, look at the funding of health insurance, and the finance minister has no business capping, capping, uh, what do you call it, the NHIR because it's unconscionable, and then finally, 
those who are making informal payments in the system, they should be, be brought to the table to be re-examined and then formalize them. And then finally, or the finally, is that we should look at the, another way of even adding additional income. Because everybody is saying that let's fund this, let's fund this. They are looking at the, the benefit side, but they are not looking at the revenue side. So if we do, if we do that, we will not be running a health insurance system. Exciting times here at Multimedia as Joy Prime's most talked about uh, culinary battle for Keats is back. It's uh, season three of Big Chef, uh, where little chefs uh, with big dreams uh, and uh, with, uh, of course, uh, aprons and creativity compete in uh, the culinary arena uh, where imagination knows no boundary. Uh, the opportunity is here for uh, your kids to take part in the uh, season's uh, competition and a uh, host of Big Chef, uh, Michelle Ejekum, and uh, winner uh, for last season, uh, Fudaila Abbas, uh, joining us uh, in studio. Uh, of course, uh, giving some light to the studio as well. So it's good to have you uh, here. And, uh, of course, congratulations. You, you won last year, correct? How, is it feel- how are you feeling now knowing you, know, you are the, the reigning champion uh, for now? I feel sad that it's ending, but... Oh, it's ending. <laughs> you already is ending. <laughs> then you should be back in the competition. Yes, but... Mm-hmm. How has it been uh, for you, you know, after you won? It was okay. Mm. I went back to my normal life, which is schooling, and I'm still in school, so hopefully when I'm done, you'll see more from me. I see, and there'll be more cooking as well. Michelle mm. is also here. Uh, <laughs> Michelle, what should we expect knowing that we're moving into Season 3? Well, Season 3, uh, like I keep saying, is... Um, a plus, plus, plus of what we saw last year. And um, yes, last year, Fudela's team was spectacular. But this time around, as we've opened uh, the opportunity, we've given the opportunity for interested persons to, you know, uh, vibe by sending their videos to us to join this season. I'm hoping that we're able to get people who can actually beat... No one is beating her record. No, no, no. I mean, to beat their creativity, <laughs> because see, it, yeah. it was it, it, it was really uh, beautiful seeing the kind of recipes they came out yeah. with. She in particular made something with Indomie. During the Indomie challenge, what did you make? I made Indomie choco pudding. Oh, what's that? What's that, by the way? It was tried. Indomie that I made it into a pudding form. Oh, so it was like a dessert. I see, I see. We should be trying more of that here. <laughs> Are you sure you can try that? Because it really didn't look like oh. I want to try it. Anyways. But you know, when you try yeah. it, it, it tasted so good and you're, you're marveled. You're like, and that's ah. what's amazing about this program because, yeah. you know, you're, and I think, you know, the, the talents, the creativity yes. that we see in, in, in the kids. We, we saw the... Tertiary edition? Yes. Um, so with this one, are you going back to the original plan just for kids? or? How yes, this time around is the kids edition. Oh, so the yes. tertiary guys are... <laughs> no, the, the, their time is out. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see. we'll come back to them later. <laughs> okay. So how can one be a part of this? Uh, what do they need to do? And... Yes. So to be a part of uh, Big Chef Season 3, all you need to do is to record yourself cooking your favorite meal, serve it nicely, and then you send to our WhatsApp number, 055. So you send a video? Yes, you send the video to our WhatsApp number, 055-157-5757. That's all you need to do? That's all you need to do. 
they went through the same process, isn't yes. it? Uh, yes. What, uh, do you recall what you did just, just yeah, to get I did, nominated? Yeah, I did with Pepe. Broad macro. No wonder. No wonder. No wonder. <laughs> Everyone loves it. Everyone loves it. Uh, okay. Is there any message you'd want to share with you know other um, aspiring people, people who want to be like you, who want to become winners of the, the Big Chef? What would you say? My message is mm -hmm. follow your dreams. Right. Don't hesitate to chase your dreams mm -hmm. and don't listen to anybody. Yeah. What you want to do, go for it. And, and cook good food as well. Yes. We need to yes. add that one. <laughs> yes, yes. Michelle, um, you know, any more information, something we need to know about what's unique mm -hmm. also about season three, because this is the third season that we're looking at. Yes, um, I wouldn't want to give away every detail, mm -hmm. but... All I want to promise... You never know, Fudela may be a judge, <laughs> a judge for, for sitting through. But, you know, all I want to tell uh, parents yeah. watching is that, look, allow your kids. Yeah. If you have um, a kitchen maestro at home, you know that, look, this child of mine is very good at cooking. This is an opportunity for them. And so allow them to join. And then, look, they will not come home the same. I'm sure Fudela can attest to the fact that, though she knew how to cook, after you know being part of the competition, she's also had some additional skills to oh, what so she already knows. Yes, that you don't see on screen. Yeah. But before they do get on screen, they have yeah, a personal, you know, interaction with our judges who are chefs. Oh. Yes. So they learn one or two things so from them. Know. Yeah. Before they come to do what they already know. It's exciting times. I feel like being a part of this, but you. <laughs> I just can't do this now. Uh, Michelle, thank you uh, for joining us. So, uh, November 14, right? That's November 14th is a dead, yes, that's a new deadline. And so, please, if you, if, you, if you snooze, you lose. So, please don't snooze. Yeah. <laughs> don't at all. Just make sure that you have your award, you know, send your videos, or you can do that on their behalf. And then allow them, allow them to take up this challenge. Adela, don't worry. No one will take your spots. <laughs> you're, you're still on top as the big show. But thanks, Michelle, for joining us as well. And that's all we have for you in this package of the polls. Uh, don't forget to be on the lookout for Big Chef Season 3. It's coming up uh, on Joy Prime. But that's all we have for you here on the show. And just as well, log on to myjoyonline.com. More updates there for you. Thanks for your time. We'll see you again. Bye-bye. Hello, you are welcome to Let's Talk Showbiz here on the Joy News Channel. My name is Doreen Avi.